The title of the message this morning for Thanksgiving Day is Praise. The where, why, when, who, and what. Thank you for joining us this morning for worship and a special welcome to all of you who are watching at home. We're glad that you've joined us. And if you're ever in our area, please stop by and visit us and worship with us. I promise you these are some of the friendliest folks in Frankenmuth. And we'll treat you right at home. You remember Abraham Lincoln, he was the 16th president of the United States, and he had one of the most meaningful Thanksgiving Day proclamations on record. I'd like to read an excerpt of President Lincoln's proclamation from October 3rd, 1863. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and even soften the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggressions, Peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines, as well of iron and coal, as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield, and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. You know what I love about that proclamation? Two things. First, it was given in the midst of the Civil War, which started in 1861 and lasted till 1865. This proclamation was in October of 1863. The second thing I like is that it doesn't give a generic description of being grateful or thankful, which is rather in vogue right here and right now. Mindfulness, gratefulness, very trendy. We've been doing it for centuries as the Christian church, but that's okay. But our focus and our perspective is different. We're not just grateful, we're grateful to God. 
We're not just mindful, we realize the blessings that we receive from the hand of our almighty God. And that is what I believe makes the difference for us as people of God. Even in the aftermath of such discord and division in our country, I love that President Lincoln called the nation to remember, to reflect, and give thanks and praise to the Most High God. Friends, it all begins and ends with praise. Our life and our death, our origin and our destiny, even our days and our deeds. And Psalm 150, the Old Testament reading that we spoke together, highlights this principle. It even starts and ends with the theme of the psalm, praise the Lord. This is called an inclusio, and when something uh, starts with the same verse or line and ends with the same verse or line, that causes us to remember that the Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew, and this is probably Hebrew poetry that we're looking at. And the inclusio, the bookends, the first line and the last line, it draws our attention to the theme of that entire psalm. And not only that, but it helps us to focus on the content in between those lines. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, writes the psalmist. Friends, in the message today, we're going to look at questions about Psalm 150 that will hope focus our hearts, minds, and lives on this whole idea of praising God as his people. First, the where. Where should we be praising the Lord? Well, we're off to a good start this morning because the sanctuary of the Lord, the gathering of his people for worship is a great place to start when we consider to praise the Lord because this place, the assembly of God's people together in worship is where God chooses to locate himself among his people and is also the gospel delivery mechanism through word and sacrament to deliver the blessings of the life and salvation of Jesus Christ to us as his people. So you're in the right place on a Thanksgiving day. You are in the assembly, the gathering of God's people for worship. And it's good, and it's right, and it's pleasing to God that we gather together as his people to give him our thanks and praise. Because this sanctuary is a connecting point from God the Father in heaven to his people, to you and to me here on earth. God is pleased when we are gathered together and God promises that his blessings will be available to those who gather in his name. But also, the psalmist expands this idea of where we can praise God to include every place under the mighty expanse of heaven. So while we most certainly gather together for worship as God's people week in and week out, we can also offer him praise in our lives and with our relationships with one another. We can praise God wherever we are because Jesus Christ has given us access to the Father in heaven wherever we are. That's the where. Next, we have the why. Why should we praise the Lord? Well, the psalmist offers two reasons. First, we praise God for his mighty deeds that he has done for us as his people throughout history, for rescuing his people from slavery, oppression, military occupation, even death and destruction. 
The scriptures recount time and time again God intervening in the lives of his people and rescuing from their situation and circumstances and renewing that covenant with them that he would be their God and that they would be his people. And he encourages them to keep placing their hope and trust in him for the future. Second, we should praise God not just because of what he's done for us or what he continues to do for us, but also for who he is. God's nature, his divine majesty are worthy of our praise. Martin Luther in his small catechism reminds us of the divine attributes of God and gives scriptural supports for each one of these characteristics. And these qualities include goodness and grace, faithfulness and consistency or his immutable character. Power, which sometimes we learned as omnipotence. Knowledge, which we have known to be his omniscience. His presence everywhere, which we understand as his omnipresence. And holiness and justice and of course, steadfast love. Luther distilled these from the Holy Scriptures and summarized them for us in a simple way that we could teach our families and pass on that idea of who God is to the next generation. So why do we worship and praise the Lord? Because of what he's done for us and because of who he is. Now, next question, how should we praise the Lord? Psalm 150 lists examples of using wind instruments and string instruments and percussion and of course that uh, climax of the clashing cymbals, the resounding cymbals that cause us to praise God at the end of this Psalter as Psalm 150 is the concluding psalm to the book. And my caution to you as your pastor is not to get caught up in the types of instruments used in the psalms. Those have remain consistent but those also have changed over the years and Satan has loved to divide his family, uh, the Lord's family of faith because of instrumentation over the decades instead focus on the kinds of ways that you can praise the Lord in your life, with your lifestyle with your brothers and sisters in Christ assembled together in worship. Think of ways that you can participate in the worship life of this congregation and help provide worship opportunities for those who aren't a part of our family of faith just yet. But outside of weekend worship, praise can be offered to God even at family gatherings and celebrations such as birthdays and baptisms, confirmations and graduations, marriages, and family reunions, even at funerals. But not just the family gatherings, community gatherings as well. One of the blessings of our community is that we offer opportunities for church folks and community members and visitors and tourists to gather together and to listen to God's word and to join us in praise. We did it last week at Light the Night. We're going to do it this Friday at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. at the Frozen Family Fun Night downtown. We'll read the Christmas story. We'll sing Christmas carols. Not every community does that, and it's kind of cool. And I love that our praise extends beyond the walls of this sanctuary, beyond the walls of our worship center, out into the community as we join together and communicate that beautiful story of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Yes, praise him with instruments of all kinds, but most especially praise him 
with the instrument of your heart and your mind, your body and soul. Next question, who should praise the Lord? Well, this is an easy one. Psalm 150 concludes with the command that everything that has the breath of life ought to praise the Lord. Specifically, every human being living on this planet, to be sure. And when we hear those words, that breath of the Lord, that recalls to us Genesis 2, the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Every person that is living and breathing should join us in giving their praise to God for what he has done and for who he is. Even when life is difficult. Psalm 150 is the fifth of five psalms that end the entire Psalter with commands and opportunities to rejoice in the Lord and offer worship and praise to him. But about a third of the psalms are psalms of lament where things aren't going well for God's people, her kings, her leaders, and they're pouring their hearts out to the Lord, asking for help in their time of need. Things are not going well. Family relationships are suffering. There's military conflict. There's division in the kingdom. Lord, why is this happening? Lord, how is this happening? Lord, are you gonna do something about it? Cries out the psalmist to the Lord Almighty in heaven, as if he doesn't know, as if he doesn't care. They're wondering where the Lord is because life is so tough and the problems are so painful. So we don't only give praise to the Lord when things are going well, but this psalm, this concluding psalm, Psalm 150 also reminds us to give praise to the Lord when things aren't going so well. Listen to these words from Pastor Eugene Peterson. No matter how we suffer, doubt, fear, and plead, prayer finally develops into praise. It may take a day, it may take a decade as we meditate, journal, and reflect. We find that prayer pursued long enough will ultimately lead to praise. Praise in our worship life, praise in our real life. Consider the structure of our worship life together. An invitation, a a call to worship leads to final blessing. A moment of confession and being open and honest before the Lord leads to that proclamation of forgiveness in the absolution where a good and gracious and merciful God hears your cries and responds with his forgiveness that Jesus Christ, his son, won for you and for me on the cross and through his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Our lives offer this structure as well because so many times our lamentations in life will lead ultimately to lasting peace as God works through us and for us through our suffering and our human wanting and desires ultimately lead to his divine wisdom as we ask the Lord for that which is healthy and wholesome for us and sometimes the Lord says yes but sometimes the Lord says no because he sees the bigger picture and he loves you And he knows what's best for you. 
As our gratitude to God fosters humility and promotes healing, our prayers and praises lead to growth and maturity in the Christian life as God prepares us for the life to come. Friends, when you are facing problems in this life, and you do, and you will, don't neglect to praise our Lord. Yes, pray to him and pour your heart out to him, but also offer him the praise that he's due because he's worthy, because he loves you, because he knows you, and because he will respond to you, but because it's the right thing to do in our relationship with our Lord. Because here's what happens. When you praise the Lord, you lift up his name, and he becomes larger in your life, in your mind's eye, in your heart, in your mind, in your devotion to the Lord. And as you praise the Lord and lift him up, then your pain and problems, your situation and circumstances take their rightful place and they diminish in impact and they diminish in importance. Yes, it's still painful. Yes, it still hurts. But it doesn't consume you because you know whose you are and you know who loves you and you know who will care for you and you will know that person who will bring you home finally, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, because of what he sacrificed for you. You weren't worthy, but his son was. You were unlovable, but he loves you anyway. There was a time when you didn't experience the grace and mercy of God, perhaps, but he continues to show you his grace and mercy. And he calls you into a relationship of truth and trust. And he encourages you to continue to worship and praise. Yes, because he's worthy, but also because it's a blessing for you, and it changes your perspective as a child of God living in this life. Finally, friends, the what? What is the result of this praise? Well, it's good news. There'll be no more sadness or no struggles individually. There'll be no more division or discord collectively. Listen to the prophecy of Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. Friends, that is the result of praise. God being our God, and we being our children, all made possible by his son, our savior, Jesus. What's the conclusio to the inclusio of Psalm 150? Well, this Thanksgiving, no matter what is happening out there in the world, or what is occurring right here in your heart. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you and he's prepared a place in heaven for you. 
And so he calls you to praise God. Praise God, everyone. Praise God for what he has done. Praise God for who he is. Praise God all the time. Praise God everywhere. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise God. This Thanksgiving, this weekend, and all throughout your life. And all God's people agreed and said, amen.